0: and to tell inspirational cattails. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Curl Up with a Cattail with Gwen Cooper. I am, of course, Gwen Cooper, your host, and so delighted to be here with you today for my very first podcast of the new year 2022. A happy and a healthy new year to everybody who is listening to this show. I hope that you had a lovely, relaxing, joy-filled holiday season, although I realized it was once again not quite the holiday season we were all hoping it would be, and I think a few months ago even kind of expecting that it would be. And I refer, of course, to the looming specter of COVID that continues to hang over all of our heads as we enter or prepare to enter the third year of this pandemic, which is... Uh, really just kind of crazy stuff. Um, I, I feel this need to proclaim, although I'm not really sure why, that, that my, I, I know three people right now who do not have COVID or who are not just getting over COVID. And, and that is literally true. Three people. And those three people are, are me And my husband, Lawrence, and my mom down in Florida are, are I think, now officially, if not literally the only people I know, then then pretty much among – there's just very few people I know at this point who have not gotten COVID in this latest round or who are not getting over COVID And, you know, I I have to say, man, I am 50 years old. If I live another 50 years, I'm never, never really truly going to understand why the issue of COVID has become so politicized. So let me, in a completely non-political, politically neutral way, just kind of toss out there um, that... you, everyone should be wearing masks and socially distancing where possible, and and taking precautions because guys, it, it is really just science at this point. And let me just say, people, I, I, my my first political rant, I guess. People on the left pretend that wearing masks aren't a big deal and that it doesn't suck to wear a mask. And so let me just say right off the top to everybody on the left who's putting forth that argument that you are wrong. Wearing masks does suck. It just does. It hampers communication. It is physically uncomfortable. As a 50-year-old lifelong sufferer of acne, I can confirm that maskne is a real and terrible thing. Um, And and I'm really not even kidding about that. I am a lifelong acne sufferer. And I will tell you, uh, as I sit here with, I'm not even joking, clean and clear dotted all all over the lower half of my face, that maskne is a real thing and it's awful. And, you know, I never thought I would be 50 and and still living with acne. And it's a really good thing that I never put on myself the additional pressure of doing these podcasts as a video podcast because it would just be so hard for me so so frequently. And you whatever, you put on your makeup and, and you go about your business. But I truly am sitting here in my closet right now with clean and clear dotted all over the lower half of my face. And, you know, when I think of of all the fun and delightful ways in which it might be great to revisit my teen years and, and my my youth, um, acne is not one of those things. But I wear my mask and I do so because it is safer for me and safer for other people. And not to lay a whole guilt trip on everybody, But but just a reminder that even if you're thinking... And, and I guess this is what gets me into the second part. You know, people on the left act like wearing masks are not a big deal. And and it is. It is uncomfortable. And as an asthmatic, I will tell you, it is also somewhat harder to breathe. And it is bad for, you know, just general physical comfort. And it does create acne. And it's also just one more freaking thing that you have to remember to put on in the winter season when you're already putting on coats and gloves and scarves. And I can't tell you how many times I've been halfway down my block preparatory to going wherever, the grocery store or wherever it is that I'm going. And I'm like, damn it, because I just realized that I have once again forgotten a mask and I have to trudge all the way back to my house. And there's like a whole flight of stairs. I have to climb up just to get into the front door of my house. And it's a pain. It for sure is. But the flip side, and this is what I would say to people on the right, is that there's no point in pretending that COVID is not a real thing or that it isn't anywhere. I mean, we just looking at the sheer numbers and the, and the, our hospital system that is overwhelmed, pretending that this is not qualitatively worse than other, you know, than the flu or other health crises that we have had in this country is bananas. And also pretending that individual choices don't lead to a lot of collective. Consequences is also bananas. Is that Fanny? That is Fanny. Hey Fanny. You know, one of my New Year's resolutions, I was gonna do this later in the show, is gonna be to get Fanny to speak. And Clayton too. Hey Fanny. That's Fanny, you guys. Uh for, you know, this is a cat podcast and I have yet to get my cats on the podcast. And so I had a plan later on in the episode to, to rattle the treat bag around and try to get the cats to... and and who knew? All I had to do was go on a a tirade about mask wearing. Fanny, you want to say something else? All right, well now she's ignoring me. Um uh, but just to to tie off this idea, you know, we I I understand that we are a country of rugged individualists, but pretending that individual decisions don't make up group decisions that then have consequences is frankly irresponsible. And I say this as somebody who had COVID early on and then had long COVID. And you may be thinking if I get COVID, it's not a big deal because I'm healthy and it's not going to be any worse than the flu. And that may very, very well be the case for you, but it is definitely going to be worse for somebody else. And as somebody who had long, I mean, long COVID is really the thing that worries me now. Uh, the prospect of, of getting long COVID again, um, because I, got COVID pretty early on, as some of you may remember, back in March of 2020. And the COVID itself, it was scary at the time, but it wasn't the end of the world. But what was really profoundly horrible in a genuinely life derailing way was the then seven months of continuous hives that I had following my bout of COVID. And and when I say seven months of continuous hives, I mean that literally every morning for seven months... Hi! hi. Miss Fanny! Well, this is great stuff. I, I guess Fanny, Fanny is tired of hearing me complain about my hives. Um, but But really, every day for seven months, I woke up with hives. And every day for seven months, I went to bed with hives. And in between... I had hives and took various medications trying to control the hives that that derailed my life and and turned my brain to goo in various unpleasant ways. Um I literally still wake up every morning grateful that I am no longer suffering from that. It it really really was a terrible ordeal. All kidding aside, I don't know if anyone knows what it feels like to be literally uncomfortable in your own skin 24 hours a day, seven days a week for seven months, but it is not something that I would wish on even my least favorite people. And so, and I also say this as somebody who, so, you know, I say this as somebody who had long COVID, and I also say this as somebody with an immunocompromised sister, that putting on, wearing a mask, which again, does suck, but it is the right thing to do to avoid inflicting suffering and death on other people. And also just our overwhelmed hospital system. I I also have friends who are frontline healthcare workers and I, it's hard to explain the psychological toll that this appears to be taking on people who work in hospitals. So anything we can do to slow or stop the spread is my point. And lest we forget, it is also possible for cats to get COVID. So just as a responsible cat guardian, you of course want to make sure that you are not picking up anything that you might then pass on to your cat. And that is certainly something that I, as a cat mom, think about. And and you know this actually leads me to my second <laughs> my second rant of of the podcast and having started out I guess with politics although again I do not see covid as a political issue. I think people on both sides are being ridiculous and 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 fostering a, a certain climate of denial on both sides about the realities of covid. So I do not view anything that I just said about COVID as political, but having tackled what, for whatever reason, has become a political issue, I am now going to dive into religion. And that is uh, in regards to some comments that Pope Francis apparently made a few days ago, and I I don't know if you guys have heard this or are familiar with it, but Pope Francis uh, uh, apparently has some issues with people who have pets instead of children. And it feels that we are selfish and irresponsible. And, I, and I'm pretty sure I understood this correctly, that, that we are ultimately responsible for the downfall of civilization or, or the non-continuance beyond our own generations, let's say, of civilization. Um, I, I'm not making this up, by the way. This is actually what he said. And, you know, the, the, I mean, it, it of course never ceases to surprise me the extent to which some people will just feel so completely entitled to offer judgments on on how other people choose to live their lives. And, you know, just right off the top, for a single unmarried man who lives in a golden palace to pretend to know anything about my problems – or, or the problems that most of us as everyday people face strikes me as more than a little absurd. But I will say that that this idea that there is this binary, that I have cats and I do not have children, and that there is a causal relationship between those two things. I, I do not want to delve too far into this podcast, into why I do not have children, But I will say that I never have viewed my cats as a substitute for children or said to myself, well, I mean, I don't need to have kids because I have cats. And while I certainly do, I I speak about being a a mom. I'm a mom to my cats. My cats are my fur kids. I think a lot of us do, and we will certainly even talk about how we love our our cats like they are blood members of our own family. And I've certainly heard plenty of, of people say that they love their pets like their own children but I, I think we, we do all understand that there is a qualitative difference between raising children and, and caring for pets. Uh, you know, we we understand that we are not preparing our pets to go out into the world and, and assume different life roles and responsibilities. Certainly the expenses involved, and there's a lot of expense involved in having pets, especially as they get older, but it is nowhere near the cost of putting a child through college these days, for example. Um, I... I, I really would be very surprised to learn that any of the people i know who have pets but do not have children view themselves as having substituted pets for children and i think even even a little bit of common sense thought would lead anybody to the same conclusion they're just it's it's a real apples to oranges um comparison and certainly as somebody who grew up in a house with you know my parents obviously had children and we also had pets so it's not like you know and again i think i speak for a lot of people out there who like me grew up in a house with with their parents and perhaps some siblings and some pets and now do not have children of their own but do have pets we all saw that it was possible to have both of these things and again my my overall point being that i I don't think anybody really applying a lick of common sense for, for more than five minutes would come to the conclusion that any sane and rational adult sat down, thought about having kids, thought about having pets and said, you know what, I'm going to have pets instead of children because it it just seems so much better and easier. Um, I think that our reasons for not having children probably exist irrespective of our reasons for adopting a pet. And and again in the same thing he he also spoke um how how selfish it is to adopt pets and instead of adopting children. And again, there's just a lot more that goes into adopting a child. I don't even mean the process of adopting a child although there's that. But I am also referring to once again the financial, moral, and emotional responsibilities that go into child rearing that are not factors in having or, or quote-unquote raising, let's say in adopting, in adopting pets. And again, my, my bigger point is that it's really not an either-or thing. And so I, I have to wonder kind of where this came from, what what the point even of, of bashing people with pets who, who don't have children, what the point of that even is, or, or what I'm doing, that's sticking in this guy's craw, it just seems to me, and, and I feel like this is the argument I always used to, you know, when you, when you get pulled over for speeding, right? And the first thing you want to say to the cop is, isn't there a crime being committed somewhere? Like, don't you have something more important to do than to pull me over for driving five miles an hour over the speed limit? And, and yes, I mean, that, that is probably not great logic. But in this case, I'm going to apply the same logic and, and say that I think it does apply pretty well. Do we not have bigger problems in this world than whether or not people like me are contributing to the eight billion somewhat, you know, some odd people who are now occupying this planet. I, I feel like there are more than enough people. Arguably, there are more than enough cats. I do not breed cats. I My cats are spayed and neutered. And I I am not. I feel like I'm getting off into a tangent here. But I, I, I guess... I I like to think that in the in the general balance that I I, I never know I I always try it, it is certainly my my one overarching aspiration in life is to contribute more to the general store of good in the world than negative. If at the end of my life I can honestly say that not so much that the world was better, but that I made. A, a small portion of the world better for a very small number of of people and animals who are general who are genuinely better off for having known me than if I had never been around and that 's really my goal. I think there are some people who have it within themselves have the capacity and the ability to Affect change or, or to improve the world on a much larger scale. But for most of us, that's not going to be the case. So for most of us, the, the main thing we can do to make the world a better place, we, we are not going to be able to do these tremendous – commit these tremendous acts that, that have profound effects for all of humanity or all of animal kind or, or for the planet as a whole – the best that most of us can do is is try to muddle through this thing and make things a little brighter for somebody else or for a small handful of somebody else's. and And so that's what I generally try to do. And I'm just i again, I was speaking to this earlier with mask wearing. I do understand that individual choices do add up to collective decisions that can have profound impacts. And that is a fair point. I guess I just don't see how my having cats and not having children is really harming anybody or or making the world a bad enough place that the pope feels the need to spank me uh, not just me obviously but people like me it was it was a little jarring i cannot lie and i think the main reason it hit me and and this is certainly something that that those of you who are long-time listeners have heard me discuss before it just plays into a lot of prejudices that i think exist about people with pets and people with cats and specifically Women with cats, but that there is something emotionally damaged or or a little mentally askew with so-called "quote unquote" crazy cat ladies. And in fairness, uh, Pope Francis did not mention cats specifically, but uh, it is something that I am particularly sensitive to because I have heard similar arguments or discussions often. Enough, or or similar accusations, I guess I should say, that there's just something a little off about those of us who love cats, particularly those of us who are women who love cats. And I think ultimately it is as damaging as any other kind of stereotype. I think that discouraging people from being kind or generous toward animals is as bad as discouraging people from being kind or generous toward humans or any living creature. I think we need to be encouraging people to be kinder and more generous, Where, however that kindness or generosity may find expression, regardless of of the manner in which it is channeled and or the direction in which it's channeled. And I would also add that I find it particularly ironic, I guess, coming from a pope named Francis who chose the name Francis because even I, as a Jew, am aware of of the of Saint Francis as the patron saint of animals. If I'm incorrect about that, by the way, I fully expect that one of my Catholic listeners will will let me know. And again, my point is not to slam Catholics or or the Pope, and and I'm rather fond of this Pope, as as so many people seem to be, at least from afar. I guess I my my general feeling is that it's probably as a non-Catholic, none of my business, really. Uh, but this was just something that particularly stuck in my craw. Again, I'm just not sure what provoked it or where it came from and and on the score of problems that we as a world are facing right at the moment in lieu, in light of a pandemic, in light of broken supply chains. I, I know that many people listening to this are are finding it difficult to acquire even basic everyday necessities at this point, things like cat food. And, and eggs, and meat, and milk, and, and other essentials, vegetables. I went to get some spinach the other day in my grocery store, and the whole wall was bare. There were no green vegetables to be had. And I, again, I, I don't want it to go too far down this road, but it just does seem to me that we are facing much much bigger issues as a society right now than whether or not i or or people like me uh, have cats and and don't have kids. and it's occurring to me now as we round toward the 20 minute mark that there were actually some new year's things that i wanted to talk about and some some upcoming plans and fun things for 2022 and goals and resolutions and all that kind of fun stuff that i have not yet hit. so what i am going to do right now is take a short break of about 30 seconds or so. And when we come back, I will see if I can get Clayton to speak on air like Fanny did a little while ago. So sit back, relax, get comfortable, and stick around for more Curl Up With a Cattail. for sticking around. You know, I did want to add, by the way, and I don't know, one never knows how these rumors get started, but there was a rumor uh, in the last few days going around online that there was something wrong with Fanny or, or that Fanny was in some way ill or or that, that something had happened to her. And this, of course, is because I tend to post a lot more pictures of Fanny. I mean, I'm sorry, of Clayton online than I do of Fanny. And that is really for the very simple reason that Clayton is a much more present Cat. Clayton is really just always, always with me. Uh, I I will admit that I'm not much of a picture taker. Certainly not nearly as much of a picture taker as I should be, given how much time I now spend on social media talking to other cat people about cats and about my cats in particular. And I haven't updated my Instagram feed since I don't even know when, which uh, is one of my New Year's resolutions is to is to get on top of my Instagram situation. But I I will say that I end up posting more pictures of Clayton because he's he is really just always – always there. I don't think I've ever lived with with any creature, and I am including Homer in this as well as the dogs I grew up with, who just needed to be with me every second of every day all the time. And so Clayton is just always around. And actually, right now, it's it's so funny. When I started recording, I closed the bedroom door and it just happened that Fanny was in and, and Clayton was downstairs finishing up his breakfast. And I paused just now to, to see if I could call, you know, get Clayton to come from downstairs upstairs and, and join me to see if we could get him to speak in the back half of the podcast today. And of course, he was sitting right there, like flush outside the door. I opened the door and he kind of fell into the bedroom. Um, He he just needs to be around. He, like I said, a very present cat. And so when I'm in a picture taking, not even when I'm in a picture taking mode, because I probably never am, he's just always there ready to have his picture taken. So even for a non-picture taker such as myself, it is ridiculously easy to get pictures of Clayton. Fanny and I... Uh, do not spend as much time together. Fanny likes her alone time a little bit more. Fanny, and, and I'm recording this early in the morning. Fanny really f- early, like first thing in the morning before I get out of bed and late at night when I'm in bed, but before I go to sleep, that's Fanny time. And Fanny needs a lot of very, very intense petting during those times. And so I usually give her a solid uninterrupted half hour Late at night and first thing in the morning, as does my husband before he goes to sleep and before he gets out of bed in the morning. And so Fanny, Fanny gets a couple of of hours cumulatively of just uninterrupted intense petting every day. And I, I always say it's you know Fanny, Fanny, Fanny lives like a cruise ship passenger, and she starts off every day with a with a massage, with a full body massage. And man, I wish somebody would give me a full body massage every day, but. It is, of course, always my – my. I always say that my goal, if there is such a thing as reincarnation in my next life, I want to come back as one of my cats. So my my plan to try to get Clayton to speak is, is pretty simple. I'm going to rattle this here bag of temptations until he comes in, but I'm going to withhold the treats until he yells at me. Clayton does like to yell at me. He yells at me all day because he thinks I'm not moving – You know, he thinks I'm moving too quickly or not quickly enough, particularly when he believes it is time for me to feed him. And so he's in a constant state of scolding me. So let's see. So we are now rattling the treat bag. Let's see what happens. Fanny is here looking at me quietly very big as here's Clayton. Clayton. Was this Clayton? Was this? You want one? Speak. Clayman. There he goes. Clayton. Come on, Clayton. It, is this exciting for you guys? It's kind of exciting for me, but I can't imagine it's very exciting for you. Clayton. One more time. All right. Well, I can't keep talking. You know, like, like everybody else, right? I, there's only so long I can torture my cats. Here you go. All right. Fanny, I will toss one over to you. Well, that was not as much as I was hoping for, but at least it was a little something. After nearly a year of doing this, it occurred to me that I have yet to get my cats on the microphone. Although I'm so glad that Fanny came over earlier in the episode and decided to spontaneously make a speech for me, uh, unsolicited, which I guess is always the best way to get things from cats, right? You you never get them to do what you want them to do at the moment when you want them to do it. But if you give them space, they will eventually do what they feel like doing. And then hopefully that will at some point coincide with what you are Want them to do, and and it will all work out in the end. Doesn't always happen that way, but I guess it's nice when it does. But that that is one New Year's is actually a New Year's resolution that I had was that for my podcast at some point this year, I was going to get at least one and hopefully both of the cats to speak up on a podcast, uh, because it just seemed it's come to seem odd to me. That for all the airtime, that all the the hours of recording that I've done at this point and all the people who I've spoken with and I talk about Clayton and Fanny and I've described them and their meows so many times in writing and yet still had not actually recorded them for the podcast. So I'm glad that I got a little bit, although hopefully I will get some more of Clayton. Maybe if I, you know, he's in the room now, so maybe if I ignore him uh, he will get as upset about that as Fanny did, and come over and scold me, and you guys can hear it. And speaking of New Year's resolutions, so this is the time of year for resolutions, right? And for every article you read that tells you how to make and keep a New Year's resolution, there will be some other article that will tell you there is no point in making New Year's resolutions because human nature is such that it is impossible to keep them. You can't just wake up and develop new habits and blah, 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 blah. And I, as always, I feel that the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle of those two things, as you may have gathered. I, I tend to be a middle-of-the-road, balanced-in-my-thinking kind of person on most issues. And I, in looking back, I actually feel that I did live up to most of my 2021 resolutions in 2021. I, I didn't necessarily have a ton of them, but one resolution that I had was to start this podcast, and I did. And another resolution that I had was to get back into exercise, which I also did. I think part of what actually made it easier for me to to do that was because I had been so physically debilitated in 2020 that just the feeling of uh, however illusory it might be that I am in control of my body somehow um, has made me feel very good in 2021 and will hopefully continue into 2022. And I certainly, like a lot of people, would like to be more charitable. I would like to give more back this year, I I think, even than I did in 2021 or, or then I did in 2021. And I saw something online. I cannot claim credit for this idea, but I think it is a lovely idea. As, as you all know, we lost Betty White right at the end on December 31st, uh, probably the last significant death of 2021, or at least the, the last, let's say, headline-making death. I don't mean to minimize the loss of anybody who who lost someone close and and, and dear to their heart on that same day. But the last headline-making death of 2021 was Betty White, who was, of course, a tremendous champion for animals and animal rescue. And so I saw this idea going around online, and I think it's a lovely idea that everybody on – so January 17th would have been Betty White's 100th birthday. Obviously, there were a lot of, of celebrations and and news headlines and things like that that were planned for that day, which, of course, now are not going to go forward. But if in honor of Betty White's memory, everyone were to make a donation on January 17th to their favorite animal charity – or, or animal related, you know, to a rescue group or, or a foster network or however that you interpret that message, however that strikes you, but to make a donation, a charitable donation on behalf of animals in honor of Betty White's memory on January 17th. And I, of course, heartily endorse and co sign this idea. And I will. Th- put my thumb on the, on the, on a couple of scales, I guess on this one, and ultimately, I I think any donation, anything you do to help, certainly anything you do to help animals is is wonderful and a blessing, and I have no criticisms to make. Uh, I make suggestions, simply to make suggestions, and they represent my thinking at this particular point in time. But they are not, certainly not meant to exclude or or in any way to denigrate. Any donations to any other organizations and having made that long roundabout disclaimer, I will say that there are two causes, let's say, that I personally would recommend people donate to and and that I plan to donate to again. Uh, the first is Cobble Small Animal Rescue. And, and yes, we, we have continued to follow this story. And again, I do recommend that those of you who are interested, if you have not already done so, that you find Cobble Small Animal Rescue on Facebook and follow them there. They are very active, they post frequent updates about what's going on. And that is probably certainly the best way to get up to the moment information about what they are doing. And Cobble Small Animal Rescue is planning to evacuate. Uh, they're not closing down the organization. They are going to be set evacuating a large number of dogs and cats to Canada sometime this month. And they are still fundraising for the money that they will need in order to make that happen, in order to bring that about. And it, it's well over 100 dogs and well over 100 cats who will be coming first to Canada and then going on to their forever homes. Kabul Small Animal Rescue itself is going to remain in operation in Afghanistan. I believe Charlotte is remaining there as well. I am not positive about that, though. And if anybody has better or more accurate information, I encourage you to to share that with me. Um, It is not 100 percent clear to me what Charlotte herself intends to do. But Kabul Small Animal Rescue is going to remain in operation in Afghanistan, and I know that, as much as all of us really, really, really wanted them to evacuate for their own safety and for the safety of the animals in their care, certainly the idea that somebody will continue to be in in that country uh, that there will be that there will still be a functioning animal rescue organization there in a country where animals suffer so so greatly, where dogs and cats really have just some of the worst lives that they have anywhere on the face of this earth is I, – I, I am not even sure, you know, that that people are doing such incredible work under such adverse circumstances, it both inspires and humbles me. It really does make me realize how, how small I am in the grand scheme of things, but it also – my good God, just that there are people who are doing this kind of heroic work – is is the kind of thing that that certainly inspires me to try to make small improvements in and in, in my own life. Anyway, so I encourage you the point being that Cobble Small Animal Rescue, they have a GoFundMe page for their efforts to evacuate this 100-plus dogs and 100-plus cats, this first round of evacuations coming out of Afghanistan. If you go to their Facebook page, you can find a direct link to that GoFundMe. And I really do encourage you to to donate, even if it's only $5. Any small amount that you can give will help. And to do so... Uh, Certainly on January 17th as a way of honoring Betty White's memory, I think that would be a lovely gesture. Also, recently we we know that there were tremendous – there was a tremendous devastation by wildfire in Colorado that came up very, very swiftly and did – just destroyed thousands of acres within a very small, within a very short period of time and caught most people by surprise. And obviously, there has been a lot, you know, among the human casualties, there are also a large number of animal casualties, people who were separated from their pets. And if you are anything like me, then you have been following these stories about people who did not have time to, in, in the these suddenness of of the calamity, did not have time to rescue their pets and are now waiting to find out if their pets survived and if so where they are and it it's you know again i i it, it is something that always makes me think back on situ circumstances in my own life and and to reflect on how extraordinarily lucky i have been that that knock wood and i'm knocking wood right now as i say it uh even after various hurricanes in Miami or or after September 11th and I won't rehash all of that again but then I I was always successfully re either I was either able to evacuate with my with my dogs and cats or I was successfully reunited with them after the calamity and so I always pay attention I always watch stories like these with my heart in my throat and if you again on January 17th or even before obviously you certainly do not actually have to wait until January 17th But I certainly do encourage anyone listening to this who has a few dollars to spare to donate to the Humane Society of Boulder Valley. They are working around the clock both to treat medically treat and care for animals who they have rescued from the fire and then to reunite those animals with their human families. Um, And probably eventually some of them will, will be rehomed or need to be rehomed. I was going to say that I can't imagine what it must feel like to have not only suddenly lost your home and everything in it, but but also your beloved animal companions. I mean, that's not exactly true. I can't imagine what that feels like. Uh, it, it was it was something that I had reason after September 11th to believe that I might be going through. Uh, I. And yet again, in the end, I was so lucky, and and so I always feel as a gesture of gratitude for the the good fortune that I enjoyed. That in the end, my home and my pets were were safe and sound. I, I feel that it is incumbent upon me to help others who are in a similar or or worse situation, and certainly people who've lost everything they've owned to a fire are in an infinitely worse position. Than I was in at that time. And I I definitely encourage you guys to do the same as well. I also do have a small handful, a couple of copies of Homer's Odyssey. I'm I'm, I'm turning around here to to I, the inventory behind me. I have a couple of copies of Homer's Odyssey, also of Love Saves the Day and My Life in a Cat House hardcover first editions um, that I am offering for $25 autographed uh, U.S. shipping is included with that $25 and 100% of the proceeds, except for what I spend on shipping, which is about $3, 3 or $4, uh, we, I will donate to Humane Society of Boulder Valley to assist families and pets after the Colorado wildfire. So if this is something you are interested in, if that, 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 as I stammer out, if this is something that you are interested in, Uh, Please email me at Gwen, G-W-E-N, at GwenCooper.com, and we can go from there. And there was a whole bunch of other stuff that I was planning to talk about today. I really was. um, Updates on on the publication date for a book that I'm working on and, and reading actually a couple of excerpts live here on the air. Uh, But we are going to save those for next week because I see that I'm coming up to about the 40-minute mark, which, according to the analytics for my podcast, is about how long most of you listen to the program. So I'm going to take this opportunity to sign off for now. But a happy and a healthy new year to everyone who's listening. Thank you so much for listening. And please do join me next week for an all-new episode of Curl Up With a Cattail. And that concludes this episode of Curl Up with a Cattail with Gwen Cooper. Don't forget to invite your feline-loving friends to listen to new episodes along with you. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, find out how to get your name and your cat's name included in my next book, or leave comments or questions for me to answer in future podcasts, head on over to GwenCooper.com now. Thanks so much for joining me, and don't forget to hug your cat today.